Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. My name is Marty and together with my wife Rachel, who you met earlier, we get the great privilege of leading this location of Elevation. And so it's great to have you here with us. Uh, today. And uh, as Rachel already said, but I want to give a big shout out to all our volunteers, all our leaders, um, in particularly, uh, in particularly, that didn't make sense, in particular, excuse me, our um, ministry leaders. So Andrew and Penny and Kevin and Tanya and Emma and Chris and Jackie, we can give all those guys a huge cheer. Thanks. The lead out, lead out ministries. So, as Rachel mentioned, uh, we've just been on two weeks' annual leave, uh, but by all accounts, the church uh, powered on. People made decisions for Christ. Jesus was lifted up. The building didn't burn down. So, it's all not that we expected that. So, it's all good. It's, uh, it's great. And, um, you know, we, as in together as a church, we are blessed with great teams. You see, elevation is built on the strength of teams. There's no one individual, it's us together impacting the city of Mandarin, life and joy to people in our world, and what a great privilege it is to be able to do this together. And so I want to encourage you, if you're part of Elevation, haven't joined a team yet, check out the team board, or you can do that on the app on Church Center as well. As Rachel already mentioned, sign up for Quick Fit on Saturday as we get to make an impact in the lives of many vulnerable women and children through WA Mums Cottage. There's something about building and working together that connects you relationally. It's, it's called shared experiences. As, as we have them, it builds our stronger connections that we have with each other, which leads right into uh, our new four-week series, which starts today. And you've probably already read it on the screen behind me, but we're going to be uh, speaking over the next four weeks on this topic of genuine, real relationships in a superficial world. And over these four weeks, we're going to talk about relationships in church. We're going to talk about friendship. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to, we're going to unpack what it is to, leave, to live lives that build genuine connection and genuine friendships and relationships with people. And so there's this deep desire in all of us for real, genuine, life-giving relationships that desire is actually, it's actually hardwired into you because we're created in the image of God. And we serve a God who's not just one God. He's not just three gods. In fact, he's three in one, Father, Spirit, Son. The late, great uh, theologian and pastor, uh, Timothy Keller, explains it like this. Uh, he says, Christianity, alone among the world faiths, teaches that God is triune. That means three. The doctrine of the Trinity, uh, that's not from the Matrix or the Heartland uh, sitting at the back there, but uh, the, the doctrine of the Trinity means that God is, in essence, relational. So we're formed for relationship from a relational God. It's hardwired in us. I know some of us are on the introverted scale. Some of us just want, just give me two friends. That's it. That's all I want. No more other people. Like someone, you know, right on the 2,000, you know, connections, you know, friendship sort of scale. So, so I understand that, but, but we're hardwired for relationships. God's put it in us. But as with everything, what God creates, the world can only offer a counterfeit. And so that's why the tagline for the series is real relationships in a superficial 
world. It doesn't take a genius to work out that in our current culture, it's all about portraying the right image. Now, now as soon as we start to talk about this, obviously our minds probably go to things like advertising, marketing, social media, all that sort of stuff. But can I tell you that image management is not actually a new thing. Throughout the whole of human history, there's been a desire to project the right picture of ourselves to others. Obviously, smartphones, social media, the 24-hour news cycle, all that may amplify this, but it actually originates right back in the Bible, right near the start, in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, who God created as the first male and female, they they sin, they disobey God. Um, Previously, before they did that, they had been naked and unashamed before each other and before God. But suddenly, they're hiding from God, they're sowing fig leaves to cover up their private parts. And so let's, let's, let's read this in Genesis chapter 3. So, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were both Sorry, they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made uh, themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Now, don't worry, we're talking about being naked and unashamed. I'm not about to suggest that our application from this message is to go and find a nudist beach and, you know, be genuine and, you know, return to what God ordained. Nothing like that, but I am saying that our superficial projections are not actually technological issues, but they're soul issues. They're, 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 they're human issues. They're, they're people issues. And so I want to read, now we're going to skip uh, right into the New Testament. So a long time later, Romans chapter 12, this is the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church in Rome. He hadn't visited yet. Um, he couldn't do like a live stream video in or, you know, send, hey guys, just jumping on here to send you a quick update or anything like that. So he wrote a letter, incredible, incredible letter. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 9. He says this, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. We could just land in those couple of verses for pretty much the rest of the year. Right, but I want to bring our attention to the start of it. Let your love be genuine. Paul's not speaking about love. being in love or romantic relationships here. He's speaking about generally relationships in, in the church. And this word genuine he uses. Well, what, what makes something genuine, something the real deal, something original, something, something bona fide? Like what, what, is, what is genuine? And so to help maybe explain this, I've got um, a few items. Been, been shopping um, overseas, um, possibly something beginning with B, but we won't, we won't, we won't go, go there. But here... I've got a genuine, authentic Tommy Hilfiger shirt here. Um, it came at a low, low price. The tag's also interesting. Uh, just says XXL and handmade in Indonesia. Who would have thought? Hand wash in cool water. Okay, we've, 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 got, we've got this one here. I've been, oh, look at these, actually. I broke my $5 reject shop sunnies. So I think I will take these $5 Oakley sunnies. 
the real what, what do you think is it is it my vibe no no um, no i'm getting head i'm getting head shakes oh here we go what about this one yankees i'm more an atlanta braves person but you know new york yankees here interesting looks pretty legit hey looks 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 great oh where's that mlb tag that's normally in there ah oh, not 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 quite there another tommy one oh here we go aussie ingenuity billabong right here low low price ah oh, there's no billabong where's that billabong tag gone wonder wonder where it is the guy the guy said it was there if i find it it was he remembers the castle and the guy who bought the watch and he said he would uh, mail mail him the the receipt or the warranty yeah, so good. Anyway, okay, all right. So moving on here. Okay, here's the, here's the main deal. Look what I've got here. Are there any basketball fans? All right. So I've got the man, the greatest shooter of all time, possibly. We've got Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors, right? So, shh. <laughs> so I've got one Golden State here. And I've got second Golden State here. Ooh. One is genuine, one is not. Who, who, who reckons that this one is a genuine one? A couple of people. Well, the stitching's really good. Check it. Golden State. They even spelt golden right. That's a, that's a good... That's, 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 but no, no, this, look at this. NBA official. Look at the logo. Oh, look. It's got the tag. Oh, oh. Might, might have got you there. So you got Steph Curry one here. And we've got Steph Curry, two here. Who thinks this one's a legit one? A few people. Okay, most people, most people. All right. So how do we know, why do we think this is the real deal? Why do we think, why do we think, not because they said, why do we think this is the real deal? Like they both have the NBA. Look, this one even has NBA, NBA up here. This one only on the back. Oh, dodgy, dodgy. This could, this could be the dodge one. They both have the, the NBA Authentic. See, NBA Authentic. Well, forget about the hologram part there. Okay, NBA Authentic here, right? How do we know which one is the real one? Well, let's be honest. The simplest way is this. One of them costs $20 Australian. The other one costs $130 Australian. Which one? Who picked this? You were... Right, yeah. <laughs> $130 at Rebel Sport yesterday. It will become a youth prize for term four. Don't worry. Good, well, well, well spent. This one, $20. Don't worry, it was a friend of mine who got it, not me, of course, uh, shopping in dodgy barley places, right? But why would you ever purchase this when you know it's not the real deal, right? When you're there, you know for, is it 20000 Yep, uh, the currency of Indonesia, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, if you know that's $20 Australian and you know it's fake, why, why would you ever buy it? Why, why, would you, why would you? You know that you can come back to Australia, you can go to Rebel Sport Mandra, and you can get the real deal. Why would you, why would you buy it? Simple, right? Because it costs less. That's, that's, that's the reason you buy it. It's the only reason you buy it, is the cost is lower. And so can I lovingly suggest that maybe the reason many miss out on genuine, real relationships is simply because of the same reason. It's because of the cost. Because they cost more. Why are non, 
genuine, superficial relationships everywhere we look around. Why? Because they cost less. Sim- the simple, simple reason. How is it today that we are more connected than ever before, but we're experiencing the rise of loneliness across every generation? How is it that even in a crowded place, even surrounded by friends and family, we can feel unseen and isolated? The reality is it's not the quantity of our relationships, but it's often the quality of our relationships that makes a difference in our lives. And just like these items here, quality costs. If I've done my maths correctly, then the legit Steph Curry Golden State Warriors jersey costs 650% more than the knockoff from Bali, right? So just like those items, genuine relationships, they always cost more. The Bible says it like this, Proverbs 18, 24. It says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Same verse, but in the New Living Translation, there are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. What about this one, Proverbs 17, 17? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You see, the reality is that genuine, real relationships, they cost. They cost us time. They cost us our preferences. They cost us, they cost us our comfort. They cost vulnerability. The list, the list could continue. In comparison, superficial or relationships that just stay on the surface, they don't cost as much. We might cancel plans because we got busy with other priorities. We might drift away as our preferences change. We might cut off relationships just through simple misunderstandings or small offenses. Superficial relationships tend to be fast, but they're fast and cheap. Genuine relationships are slower and they cost more. They, 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 they take time. And for some reason, whenever I wrote this, all I could think of was that 90s um, hair shampoo ad where the lady lady says, I can still hear her voice in in my head, you know, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Does anyone remember remember that one? Yes. Three, four people. Thank you for your support. That's great. Who's also into female hair shampoo ads? Me. Yeah, great. Awesome. Fantastic, right? But so it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. So how do we begin, maintain, and develop these genuine relationships? How do we continue to build an environment here in our church? Remember, our church, shared responsibility, where every single person finds connection, community, and love, where every single person is proactive with building connection, community, and love. How how do we do that? Well, the rest of my message, three thoughts on that. Number one is this. You can write this down. It'll be on the screen behind me. Simply this, start on the surface. Start on the surface. I know that sounds like the opposite, of everything I've just talked about for the last 10 minutes. But real relationships, genuine relationships, are not forged by some weird sense of we better get deep really quickly or we're not Christian enough. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? There's, there's actually fake religiosity, and oftentimes it comes from a self-centered need to, to want a great relationship. But I like what uh, motivational speaker Zig Ziglar said. He said, if you go looking for a friend, you're going to find that they're very scarce. If you go out to be a friend, you'll find them everywhere. And look, I I know some of us are naturally just a little bit more intense than others. And if you're that way, maybe you just need to chill a little bit. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. The other bout's coming. There's other people, you're a little bit more relaxed. You're probably too chilled. 
At some point, you need to start digging a little bit below the surface, move on from the topics of weather and sports results from the weekend, right? We, we all sit somewhere on a spectrum. We, we, we need to uh, yeah, just, just own that. But, you know, all relationships, all relationships start on the surface, then they deepen over time as trust is built. You know, in church community, particularly, if I can just speak into that for a second, um, especially in, in our church, the way that that starts is usually before or after church connections. If you're new, I want to encourage you, stick around with us after the service. We, we normally finish the service at about 11.15, about, depends how long I talk for. I've been on holidays, so it could be a bit longer now, because I've got a lot to say, right? But we normally finish around 11.15, okay? But, but can I encourage you, schedule yourself at least 11.30. Why? Because surface relationships tend to start in that area. They start on that, out on that church lawn. They start in the church floor. They, they, they start just by conversations with other people. Yes, you probably won't go deep on the church lawn, but you know what happens on the church lawn? The surface stuff begins. You find out where someone's kids go to school, what footy team they support, or if they went to the beach yesterday. Lunch invitations often happen after church, maybe not straight away. You find out what people, what life groups people go to, what, what team they serve with and, and, and are a, a part of. You see, genuine relationships always start with the surface stuff. And can I lovingly suggest, and you know, no, no problem, someone, I bet you like a bunch of people have like got an appointment at 11.17 today, so this is not a shot at you, but can I lovingly suggest, right, that if you always leave straight away when the surface ends, you probably won't develop genuine relationships here. Just, just saying. It's not, it's not a shot. It's not a shot, but it's just the truth. Why? Because they start somewhere. They start on the surface somewhere. They start by just a little bit of awkwardness of saying hi to someone that you haven't said hi to before. They start with just a little bit of awkwardness while you hang around waiting for your buzzer to go off for the coffee and you have to sort of, you looked at that person for too long, so you better say something hi. You know, you better say hello to them. Oh, no, our eyes met. Oh, hey, how are you? You know, it costs a little bit, right? But genuine relationships, they always start on the surface. On, sorry, on the surface and after the surface. On the surface, Okay, but so, so that's, that's point one. Number, number two, because maybe you've got that, maybe, maybe it's time to move on. So number one is, um, is start on the surface. Number two is act with intentionality. You see, you don't accidentally build genuine, authentic relationships with others. It takes time and effort. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It continues in verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Paul's encouraging, or oh, the writer of Hebrews, which is probably Paul, is encouraging us here to not give up meeting together, that it takes consistency, that real relationships are built over time, and it's, it's really hard to fast forward those. It just, takes, it just takes time. It just takes turning up. You know, and while we need to be intentional about those relationships that we build and the people that we hang around, I'm not talking about some like weird pyramid scheme or you know, making some list of, okay, potential friends need to be this. Do they have a boat? Yes, okay, yeah, I'm definitely friends with it. You know, it's, not, it's, not all about, it's not all about that, but it's, it's, it's about being intentional 
investing in people and investing in relationships, going out of your way, sacrificing something of your own, putting the invite out there and then seeing who responds even if they can't or they say no. It's about consistently turning up to a life group even though you don't feel like it, even though it's been a big day at work. It's, it's about the consistency and intentionality of building relationships with others. You see, being intentional, being intentional is having the courage to step out and give of yourself when you don't know if it's gonna be returned. But, but too often we... We, we, we sit back and we want someone else to make the first move. Oh, I wish someone would just invite me over for lunch. Maybe we can be the answer. Oh, I wish I could just get to know people more. Maybe you could have a coffee with someone. You know, what, what, whatever it is, there's an intentionality because it's too easy just to uh, get sucked into the vortex of our own lives. Maybe you're a family here and you've got young kids and it's busy. Maybe you're a family here and you've got teenagers and you thought it would get less busy, but it's got more. And now you're driving them everywhere. And now you're hoping they get their license, but then you're also not hoping they get their license because you're freaking out. But you know, what, whatever stage of life you're in, sometimes we just get sucked up into that vortex of, of us and our family and what's going on and all those, all those types of things, right? But there's something about being intentional, stepping outside of that and going, you know, I need to invest into others. I need to just put myself out there. I just need to change my schedule a little bit so I can build some genuine relationships with others. A guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German Lutheran pastor uh, around the time of World War II. Uh, he was an anti-Nazi dissident and founding member of the German Confessing Church, which was the movement of churches during Nazi Germany that arose in opposition to the government-sponsored efforts to unify all churches under a pro-Nazi church. He, he, he also uh, started this thing called um, Finkelworld, which uh, was a secret underground seminary where pastors were trained during the Nazi regime. Uh, later in life, uh, Bonhoeffer's hanged by, uh, by the Nazis for, for standing against them for the love of Christ. But he, he wrote this book, brilliant book, highly recommended, very short, very challenging, called Life Together, which documents this Christian community, this seminary that, 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 that he set up. And, and, he, and he writes this, I just think it's so profound. So Bonhoeffer writes, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. You see, being intentional is not about getting our needs met. Oh, I just want to, I, I want to build community. I, I want I, I want this, I, I need connection, I need to find my tribe of people around me that encourage me. All, all that stuff is true. All that stuff is great, but sometimes what happens is we bring our idea of community or our idea of a genuine relationship in, and when we do that, we're, what are we? We're, we're, we're focused on self. We're, we're focused internally. But what Bonhoeffer says is that we don't bring our dream of community because that actually destroys it, but the person who loves those around them will create community. You see, being intentional is about loving those around us, not for what we will get from them, even in that sense of friendship, but, but loving others for who they are, loving others for who they are. So number one, we've got to start on the surface. Number two, we've got to be intentional. Number three, maybe if Kate can just come and join me on the guitar here. Number three is simply this. I'm going to open the door. Open the door. Genuine relationships start on the surface, but they don't stay on the surface. 
at some point they need to dig below the crust of sporting teams, you know, recent shopping experiences and whatever funny meme you saw this week, okay? Like, like somewhere they've got to move, those are great starters, but somewhere they've got to move on from that. This requires openness and a growing sense of vulnerability where weakness, challenge and faults aren't covered up, but instead are shared. And I think many times the reason we struggle with this is we, the reason we struggle to do this with people is because we struggle to do this with God. It comes back to that image management thing that I started with, you know, sewing fig leaves to cover our nakedness. Sometimes I think we approach God and therefore others in the same way that we approach that amazing time of year that happens quarterly, I'm pretty sure, called Verge Collection, right? Or as our family calls it, Junk Week, right? It's, it's an amazing time of the year. Now, some of you hoarders out there, you love it. You like stuff, more stuff, and it's right on the street, and I can just throw it in my car and bring it home, and more, more stuff. This is awesome. But for the rest of us, we'll pray for you later. But anyway, but for the rest of us, we think, great, I get to get rid of my junk. I package it up, I get it neatly in my one meter cube space that you're supposed to have, but some people seem to take just a little bit, you know, a little bit of license with that. But, you know, I package it up, I put it right out the front, away from the front of my house, down on the verge, and then miraculously, three months later, you can find another cubic meter of junk to get rid of. It's, it's, it's phenomenal, right? But so often with our personal internal junk, we treat God the same way. There's challenges, thoughts, and actions that we don't want to be part of our lives anymore. And so we package them up. We put them out the front of our hearts. And we say, God, I'm just going to put this here. You're coming sometime between Monday and the following Sunday. Great. I'll put it there. Go back inside. Can you just take it away from me? Can you, can you, just, can you just get rid of it? Can you just, can you just take it away? Because I don't want it to be part of my life anymore. You know, but sounds sounds great, hey? Sounds like a great deal. But the problem is that Jesus just doesn't want us to put our stuff away from ourselves, out the front of our heart, on the edges of our soul. He wants to do this. This is Revelation 3, verse 20. It says this, Behold, this is Jesus speaking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and and he with me. See, the book of Revelation is the Apostle John getting a vision of what's to come. And he gets gets this this vision from the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus speaking this. And and often this verse is used at an altar call that time when we ask people if they would like to put their trust in Jesus and invite them into their heart. Nothing wrong with that, but originally this portion of Scripture, this is a word to the church. Those who already believe but are actually leaving Jesus on the outside of their heart. They're, they're, they're locking him out of the internal stuff that's, that, that's really going on. You see, what, what Jesus wants you to do is he doesn't want us to push our stuff on the verge, walk away and say, God, please deal with it. And then I'll come around in three months again, might come down the front, get prayed for, then can you do it all again? No, what he wants is he wants to get deep on the inside of our hearts. He wants to come in and bring inter- internal 
change. He, he wants us to be honest and vulnerable before Him. And as we do that, it builds our trust in God. It builds our identity as a child of God. This is what the Bible says that God will do, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us um, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, what happens is that openness before God will help develop vulnerability with others. I, I truly believe that. That openness with God helps to develop our ability to be vulnerable and therefore build genuine relationships with others. Remember, vulnerability is built with people over time. It's not instant and it's not with everyone. It's with a select few. But if we're not vulnerable with anyone, then we're probably in trouble. We're probably in trouble. And so this week, I'd love to encourage you. Would you take some time before God and just be honest with Him. Maybe you might pray about how you're feeling. Maybe you might just tell Him what's going on. I, we know that He knows already, but there's something about us communicating with God, what's going on in our lives and going on in our hearts. Maybe you might journal. Maybe you might put some worship music on. Maybe you might go for a, a walk and admire the natural beauty that we live in. Maybe you may open the Word of God and let it speak to you, but there's something about opening our hearts up to God, not just leaving our stuff on the front, but saying, Jesus, would you come in and do a transformation? Would you come in and transform me from the inside out? Do something in my life. And as we do that, it builds a vulnerability and trust that we can, that we can do that with others. You see, so, so over this week, let's, let's be vulnerable with God, but then also... Here's a challenge as we're wrapping up in a moment. Who is someone that you can just be a little bit more open with? Who have you begun to build trust with that you can share something with that you wouldn't usually? Maybe you might ask them to pray for you, but not just, you know, pray, have a good day. You know, something, something, actual, something actually personal to you. Maybe, maybe, maybe something that you would usually keep to yourself. But it's not about taking some giant, you know, blah, here's everything of my whole life. But just the next step. What's, what's, what's the next step? What's, the, what's the, the, the next slightly more open with someone that will help to build those genuine relationships? Would you open the door? Would you let Jesus in? Would you bring him in from the verge and let him and someone just a little bit more into your life? In fact, right now, we're going we're gonna to bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes because we want to give that opportunity for someone to invite Jesus in for maybe the first time or the first time in a long time. And it's just, it's just such a powerful moment when we make a decision to follow Christ and to, and to say, hey, I'm going I'm to follow Him. I'm going to follow His ways. I'm going to follow His thoughts. I'm going to let His life come and make a difference with mine. And so in a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. We're going to pray out loud and you can repeat after me. We won't uh, bring you down the front or embarrass you or anything like that. But we do want to help you make that line in the sand moment when you say yes to Jesus Christ. And so if that's you here and you've never done that before, or maybe you have done that before, but it was, a, it was a while ago and you know there's been a disconnect that's come between you and God, would you just lift your hand right now? I'll see it then you can put it back down, then we're gonna to pray together. Is there someone like that this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? That wants to say, hey, I wanna open up my heart. I wanna open up my life to Jesus and let him...